Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. And some new faces. Hi. If I didn't meet you last week, did I? Hello, I'm Emily. Um, it's really, really great to be here today. Um, I am speaking on part, right, we'll get this right, four, five. We've got a really long series this time. So um, it's me today and then Esther next week to finish us off. Uh, so, today, so today is about serving in the in-between. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to tell you a little bit of a story to start with. Um, we are going to have some pictures, but we're going to hold them for a minute. Because um, I'm going to rewind you back to 2016, which was a really long time ago, wasn't it? Like pre-COVID, when the world was easy, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <coughs> 2016, autumn 2016. No, not autumn 2016. I'm going back even further. 2015. Kai and I had been married for a year, just about a year. <coughs> and um, we felt like we were in the will of God, serving God. Great, we want to want to do that as much as we can, God. And a, a job came up at church, um, and we thought, great, this would be a perfect job for Kai. He can be in the house, he can learn. Great, we don't have to worry about our finances anymore. Um, well, somehow we got through that first year of marriage, and it all looked perfect. And like we started, you know, as you do when you think about a new job, you start to imagine what life would be like when you've got that job. You imagine all the things you could do and the places you could go. Um, but he didn't get that job. I know. Which at the time, <laughs> at the time, was a huge <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> However, that's a whole other story in itself. That was the right thing at that time. Uh, but <laughs> we we were away in Bournemouth, you know, sunny Bournemouth. Um, and, yeah, we got this news, and we were in a place of complete disappointment, um, feeling a bit disillusioned because, you know, this is not the way that things were supposed to be. This is not the plan. Right, so what's the plan now? And <coughs> me being the gracious wife and the planner, okay, right, what are we going to do now? So we walked down to the harvester for our three-course slap-up meal <laughs> on our... <laughs> Um, And you know when you're disappointed and you're trying to console someone and there's nothing you can really say. Um, So we were just in this place of a bit like, ugh, now what? We we literally have no plans. Um, And I don't know what came over me. It was definitely a Holy Spirit moment. I just thought, right, we've got to do something that we've never done before. Right now, we can either choose to retreat and withdraw or we can do something new. And um, I was like, Kai, you've been to Austria loads of times, right? why don't we go to Austria? I've never been to Austria. I want to go to Austria. And it was a ridiculous moment where we just sat in the harvester and we're like, okay, right, so what would it take us to get there? Well, we have no money. We, don't, like, we can't afford a holiday, like nothing. But uh, maybe we could go and just, just push the boat out in faith here. Let's, let's go and do something. Cut a very long story short. We ended up in 2016 <laughs> um, spending the summer in Austria um, in a church that um, it's called Life Church. Um, Serving God, getting to work with some young leaders, getting to know what we're good at, getting to know what we're rubbish at, painting church walls, meeting people, speaking German. Um, we did these, these crazy things. Um, and if we had just stayed where we were in that point of just, just 
like, oh, this is just rubbish. We never would have done something like that. We never would have thought, oh, let's take a step and do something new. And so in that place, we made that decision. And actually, that, pl that place, that point of time when we went to Austria turned out to be um, really, really pivotal in our marriage and in our relationship with God and showed us the next step that we needed to take. There are some pictures from that if you want to see. You know, Life Church up a mountain. I mean, uh, um, <coughs> serving God with hot chocolates. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a hair comment for Kai. We were invested into by this couple here uh, that just spoke faith and life into us and just cheered us on. And, and just what, what could have been just a really rubbish time for us ended up being something incredible and God just maneuvered us into something new. Um, and I don't know about you, but I can think of lots of more situations in my life where things have just felt a bit rubbish and things have not gone to plan. I hate being out of control, as Ali's whispering to me. I am a planner. I like to know. But what position are you in right now? It might be that things are going great, but the likeliness is that there's things that are not going to plan, and you might feel today like you're here and feeling rubbish about something, and the dreams and the calling that God has for you and the, th the things that he wants you to do are like way, way over here. Um, and you have a choice today whether you're going to withdraw and, with, with, and, and retreat and hide from those things, or you can make a decision today to step into into the next. Um, and we're going to talk practically a little bit about how we do that. But I really believe that God is asking us to make a move today. And I'm talking about me as well, because there's things that God's speaking to me about that I'd be quite happy to just stay here. But there's more. And God asks us not to settle. Um, and I'm going to talk to you about a lady in the Bible called Ruth. It's nice to give the women some airtime in church. Um, when Mike sent us the email with, uh, these are the people you can speak about, I thought, I said to Kai, Ruth is the best, so I definitely want to speak about Ruth. Um, and some context, at the beginning of the book of Ruth, um, so there was a lady called Naomi, and she was married to a man called Elimelech, which I've practiced loads of times, and still not going to remember, Elimelech. <laughs> um, and they lived in Bethlehem. However, there was a famine in Bethlehem, so they moved to Moab. And then in Moab... They have two sons, and they married a lady called Ruth and a lady called Orpah. Um, unfortunately, even though they were in a land that didn't have famine anymore, Elimelech passed away, and then both of the sons passed away. So these two ladies are then left without their husbands, just with their mother-in-law. So this is the position that they're in. Um, and Naomi says, right, you don't need to stay with me anymore. I'm not going to have any more sons. And even if I did have more sons, you'd have to wait a really long time until you could you could marry them. And so she says to the ladies, just, just go, just go. Um, but Ruth, even though she's full of disappointment, I'm sure she's, she's committed to this family. She's got this husband. She's got this life ahead of her that's all gone. Um, even though she's in that place, she decides, I am going to serve you, Naomi. Um, and Ruth 1 verse 15 to 18, uh, after a lot of backwards and forwards, Naomi saying, please leave, Ruth. And Ruth saying, no, I don't want to leave. Uh, this is what happens. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. 
Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So in the in-between, Ruth made a decision to serve. It might have been that she had other ideas about how she wanted to live her life, but she just felt, right in this place, I am going to decide today to serve. Um, And she had the opportunity, plenty of opportunities, to take the easy route. Naomi was telling her, go away, just, just leave. You can go back home. She was a foreigner amongst this family. She was from Moab, and the, these people were from Bethlehem. She, she could have left, um, but she had this steely conviction, and she's saying crazy things. Well, I think they're crazy. She's saying, where you go, I'll go. Where you die, I'll die. What? She's, she said all this promise, and I wonder if she's kind of said those words, and, you know, like when you commit to something, then you want to just take it all back. Like, oh, no, that's a really big thing that I've, I've given and she was absolutely laser-focused that this is what we're going to do. Um, and I think today we need to know who is, it, who is it that we're serving and make a decision. We are going for this. Even if that's hard, even if that's a huge commitment, even if the easy route's over here, in our place of just disillusion and feeling uncomfortable and not knowing what to do, we just make that decision, right, I am going and I'm going to serve you, God. Um, Hebrews 12 always always comes to mind when I'm thinking about serving God because it gets tiring, right? Um, Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. I think sometimes we just need to reposition ourselves and get our focus back. This is my decision, and this is what I'm focusing on. So what are the things, what are the habits, the things that consume us, those things that we need to take off in order that we can do this, in order that we can serve God in this in-between place? Um, Who are we looking to? It says that we should keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That needs to be our focus. Um, We can't do anything apart from him. We're not going to get anywhere. So we focus our eyes on him. Um, And what excuses do we need to push through? Because Jesus had every excuse not to do what God has asked him to do. He's got these people mocking him, um, thinking about leading up to the cross, the shame that he carried, and all of that that was upon him. And yet, he knew it was not about me in this moment. It's about what's beyond this point. It's about the people that I'm here to serve, the people I'm here to die for. And if that was Jesus' response, then we can do that too. Surely we can say, yes, I'm in. I can, I can do this. I can serve you, God. Um, and I, as I was praying for you today, I, was, I just felt God was saying that there's some people in the room um, and you've made the decision that you, you want to go all in for God, but you are scared and you have no idea what that looks like. And 
like I say, I'm a planner. I like to know what's happening. I like to know exactly. And then once I've got it all worked out, then I can step forward. But that's not what that's not what the, we're called to here. We're called to faith. Um, and the Holy Spirit wants to tell you today that whilst God requires you to take a step, you are not doing this alone. You might know the story when Jesus is on the water and he asks Peter to step out. Jesus wasn't sat in the boat saying, off you go into the water. Jesus was on the water with Peter. And that's the same for you today. As you step out, God is there with you. And he knows your past. He knows what happened yesterday. He knows what's going to happen today and tomorrow. And he knows your questions. I'm sure Ruth had the questions. Like, oh, I'm going to go commit my life to this lady. I'm going to go and serve her. What's going to happen? God knows you inside out. And as you make that decision to step forward today, he's going to be with you. 2 Peter 1 verses 3 to 4 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received, that we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God has given you everything that you need. All you've got to do is call on him and ask him for it. And he's going to empower you to step forward in the in-between. In the next part of the story, Ruth follows Naomi back to Bethlehem because the famine is over. Hurrah. And as, when they get there, <laughs> the barley harvest has begun. Uh, and this is what happens. So Ruth 2, verse 2 to 3 says, And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. Okay, so Naomi has gone to the land. And she's just picking up some barley. She's picking up some grain. And that can seem like a really boring, ordinary job. And that was, at the time, the women, that was just a, a job that the women did. And so she just looked at her situation and said, what can I do? And so in the in-between, Ruth focused on what she could do. She didn't sit there going, oh, I have nothing to offer now. I have absolutely nothing. She said, well, there's a job that he's doing, and I'm going to do it. Um, and this is the same for us. There's, we overcomplicate it sometimes. We're saying to Kai, like, we make it so difficult. Like, oh, wh- how, wh- how, how can I serve God? Well, what is in your hand? You might know the story in Exodus 4 when um, God is speaking to Moses and he's telling him to go. And Moses is saying, well, how will, they, how will these people believe me? And he says, what's in your hand? And all Moses had was a staff. But, Jesus, uh, but God used that staff as a sign and a, a way to show people who he was. And that was, just, that was just something that he carried. And so what is it that you can do today to serve God? What's that next step? I mean, all I said was, let's go to Austria, let's, let's book a flight. We, we have no idea what we're going to do. That's quite an extravagant step. But what is it that you can do today for God? It might just look like a normal thing, um, but God wants to create something significant with it. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and he and it will be given to you. So where do you see a need? And ask God to help you. Ask God to, to point you in the right direction, to give you wisdom, because God is so willing to give you an answer. You just have to just ask him. And it might not necessarily be the thing that you think, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but God will give you an answer, and he will give you wisdom. Um, in verse 3, it says, As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. 
So Ruth has gone, she's working in the field, and it's really, this is a really significant bit because um, Elimelech was part of the family, um, so part of Naomi's family, and his role was a kinsman redeemer. So that's very complicated, but it means that Boaz was, um, he was responsible for safeguarding the people, the property, and the future generations of this family. Um, and if he didn't do this, the family would perish. So it was really important that he looked after Ruth. Um, and so Ruth just looked like, oh, she was just going to work in a field. But actually, in her doing an ordinary job, God positioned her right in the place that she needed to be for the protection, for her future, for everything. Um, and, and that was all just a result of her saying yes. Um, so... Um, Boaz also had the responsibility of marrying um, somebody in the family to keep all of this in the family. And so Ruth, Ruth may have been empty. She may have lacked. Um, but God was aligning all of these things for her future. And that was just the step. Um, now, I've got a picture to show you. Um, it's of just a hat with a smiley face on it. And this might look like, not look like anything. Um, but I heard a story the other day of a girl, and this was only two years ago, um, and she just wanted to serve God. She didn't know what to do. Um, and she, uh, you can look at that, MM Designs, you can have a look at her if you want to. Um, she was in a place where her mental health was really bad, and she didn't, she didn't know how to get through each day. And she really liked designing things. So the design that she made was this smiley face, which looks like a standard smiley face. Um, but she started doodling these things and then um, making them into hats for herself. Um, so she would say that it was just all about keep smiling, keep smiling. That was her reminder. So she put this on. She was in college, and she was a medical student. Um, and then as she was going along, people were saying to her, oh, where did you get that hat from? And she said, oh, I made it for myself to remind myself to keep smiling because I don't feel so great about myself right now. And, and then they said, oh, well, can you make me one? And she started out by making one hat, and then the hat became two hats. And then people were saying, oh, can I have that on a T-shirt? And she said she started to just create more and more orders until this turned into something. Um, and she's gone from finishing her, um, her college degree to now running this business uh, where she makes those merchandise to help people with their mental health, runs pop-up shops um, to support people, to spend time with them, to talk to them about their needs. She also runs a podcast where she talks about mental health. Um, and all of this, she said, that I started off by doing a medical degree and making a hat to make myself feel better. And now I'm running a full-time business and a ministry to serve God. And all that took was her just doing a doodle and just, just helping out in her situation. And God positioned her to turn it from something, just an ordinary thing, into something of eternal significance because she's turning people's lives around. Um, and I don't know what it is that you feel like you've got in your hand. It might be that you can come and stack some chairs at church. Or it might be that you've got some business idea that God wants to turn into a kingdom, um, kingdom idea. But whatever it is, God wants to position you, taking you from the ordinary into the extraordinary. Um, as the story goes on, Ruth and Boaz 
begin to talk. And Boaz has been watching her. Um, and I know some of you will be thinking, well, I've said yes to God. I've decided that I'm going to go his way. I am serving with what I've got. So what is it that you're telling me here? I feel like there's nothing changing. That my dreams are still so distant. Um, and just listen to the rest of this story. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and, in, uh, and your homeland and came to live with people who did not, that you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded for the Lord, by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Um, so Ruth has just been diligently working. She's just doing what she's been asked to do. She's just serving, just serving, just serving. And Boaz sees this and says, favor on you. You can have whatever you want to drink. You can have whatever you need to eat. I'm going to be with you. And I just felt God say to me that you might be feeling like you've been working day in, day out, day in, day out. And you feel like you've been overlooked. But God sees you. And God sees your heart and he's going to grant you favor and he's going to open doors and take you to new places. Just keep serving. Just keep serving. Two more things that um, Ruth did. In the in-between, Ruth trusted and obeyed. These are so simple but so hard. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's all well and good jumping in and saying, yes, God. But then you realize the weight of that and you've got to, you've got to do this. Um, I'll just skip over this bit, but um, Ruth... Just, she said to Naomi, should I just stay in the fields? And Naomi said, yeah, yeah, just keep staying in the fields. So she listened to what Naomi was saying. And then um, in Ruth 3, verses 1 to 5, it says, One day Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know that you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. And she says, I will do whatever you say. That sounds like a very bizarre passage to me. Go and put your best makeup on, go to this man's tent. Yeah, this is all a bit strange. Um, but this was a custom of the time. It sounds like Ruth is being really forward, but it's a custom of the time. And it was a way to show that she would like his hand in marriage. Um, and I think, like, she was, ha she was probably happy in the field. She was probably just happy getting on, doing her bit, serving. And then... I don't know how she must have felt when Naomi suddenly said, right, now go and ask this man to marry you. Um, it was all the right thing to do, but I'm sure that she would have been far more comfortable just staying where she was. And that's the same for us. The fields are very comfortable. Coming to church is a nice place for us to be. Serving God, pouring some tea and coffee, it's a nice place to be. Coming here, preaching on a Sunday, maybe not so comfortable, but, you know, it's safe. But God has more for us. And it's scary. But I love that Ruth's response straight away was, I will do whatever you say. And for us with God, 
we need to just be ready to say, okay, next move, let's go. Um, because he doesn't do it because he wants, like, he's going to lead us into anything that's going to be bad for us. It's because he wants to position us and move us into more, into the extraordinary, into towards the dreams that he has for us and the plans that he has for us. So are we listening and are we willing to follow? It's a huge challenge. And I've all this week I've been battling over something like, okay, God, I say yes. And the next day I'm like, oh, maybe not. I don't think I can. But God is just looking for us to be willing and say, I will do whatever you say. So the story ends. Um, chapter 3, you can read about the proposal of how um, Ruth and Boaz get to be married. And there was a, an agreement that had to be made. Um, but in Ruth 4, verses 13 to 15, it says, So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. The Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. And what I find amazing there is that not only Ruth received a blessing from God uh, and was given this new family and this husband and this child, but Naomi was blessed in the process as well. And so it wasn't just about Ruth just saying, yes, I'll follow you, Naomi. Yes, I'll go and work in the fields. Yes, I'll go and speak to this man. It was so much more than that. It was, there, was a bigger, there was a bigger impact and that it brought restoration on the whole family. Um, and I believe that as you say yes to God and as you, as you serve in your ordinary with the things that you have in every day, that that blessing will overflow and it will overflow upon your family, upon your friends, upon the, the church and the people that we're meeting. It's more than just us. And this is why it's so important for us to break out. It's not about us being comfortable, us being happy. But if there's plenty of that in the world. If you want to just go and make yourself happy and please yourself, go out there. But if you're in God's house, this is about serving the people that are here and the people that aren't here yet, the, everyone. It's more than just about us. Um, and it's hard, but that's, that's what God requires of us. Um, Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9 says, Do not be received. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It might have felt like a long road for Ruth to just keep going through her disappointment, through her lack, through just serving with what she had. But then she reaped a harvest at the end of it. She had this new family, this new life, and God wants to do the same with you. He wants to take you from your, your disillusion, your I don't know, into something uh, so far beyond what you can do. Uh, and imagine right now. So which part of Ruth's story resonates with you today? Um, maybe you just need to make the first move. Maybe you just need to make that decision. I'm going in for this, God. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while and you think, oh, okay, this is great. But God, that's it. I'm going to serve you today. Um, maybe you've been, like I've been feeling this week, like you've been hiding a little bit from God. Like you know that God's asking you to do something and you don't really want to do it. Um, maybe you need to say sorry to God for that today and come forward and, and start again. Um, maybe, you want some, um, maybe you want to do something to serve God, but you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know how to start. Well, you can ask God for that today. Remember, just, just look at what you've got. What are you good at? What do you naturally lean towards? Where is it you feel like you can serve God? 
Um, maybe you're scared. What if you step out and fail? That's a very real thing for us, isn't it? Um, I'm sure Ruth was scared when she asked Boaz for marriage, but she knew that she had rights. She knew that Boaz had <laughs> had to marry her. <laughs> you as a son and daughter in the house, you have rights. And even if you're scared, you have the rights to love, to peace, to joy, to, um, to fullness. That is what God has promised you. So even if you're scared, remember the, the rights that you have today. Um, maybe you've been in the field for a long time. Maybe you've been serving and serving and serving, and you're absolutely exhausted. And it, it says to serve God enthusiastically, but you are feeling anything but enthusiastic. Um, I believe today that God wants to re rebirth something in you. He wants to give you your energy back. He wants to give you that passion to serve him. Um, and he's not just going to keep you here forever. There's something more. Um, maybe you're struggling to just trust and obey. Maybe you start off, you do something, and then you feel like, oh, no, maybe I can't. And you're in and you're out. Um, and, and maybe you just feel like, oh, does, does God even love me anymore? Is there any way that he could possibly be pleased with what I have to bring today? And God wants to remind you that he loves you and that he's a good father. And there's nothing that you can do to, that can separate you from him. Uh, maybe there's something else that I haven't even mentioned. Maybe God's prompting you in a, a specific way today. Um, and I'm going to give you a chance to respond in a minute. But I just wanted to highlight a really important part at the end of Ruth's story. Um, and Ruth, Ruth had this child... Um, and his name was Obed. And Obed was the grandfather of David, who was the third king of Israel. And in the line of David, if you read through the Bible, we get to Jesus. So not only did Ruth just go and do an ordinary job in a field, but God positioned her to marry Boaz, to have a child, which was then part of the lineage of our Savior. And so her just every day, yes, I'm going to serve, yes, I'm going to serve, turned out that wasn't so wasn't so ordinary anyway um and it was an eternal and generational significant step that she took and we just need to remember that it's not just about us Ruth's decision to serve in the in-between had a generational and eternal impact there is so much more than just us saying yes and turning up today we are having a long-term impact and that is as you step forward for your family for your future family Whatever, as you say yesterday, that is going to have an impact. So we need to take our place today. We need to decide that we're going to serve God. Serve God in our unknown, in our confusion, in our mess. Just get up and serve God.